Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, speculation, and other stuff. I somehow messed my cadence up there of uh, all the stuff happening in Marvel and film and TV shows. We're excited for you to be here. I'm using extra energy because we're recording later than usual, and I'm afraid that we'll fall asleep if I don't. So we've got our usual crew. We've got Adam and Rhiannon. How are you guys doing this lovely evening? What's going on? Us East Coasters, Adam. We've got we to gotta power through or we'll be asleep. So, you know. Woo! I'm getting sleepy, man. 8.30? Oh. That's true. Everything closes in Iowa at like 4.30 in the afternoon, right? Yeah, it's been closed, man. I had dinner four hours ago. Well, that's actually very funny because it's actually pretty accurate. Not not me getting dinner four hours ago, but if you go into the, uh, I guess you could call it a cafe in the hometown, that's when the uh, that's when happy hour is. That's when all the uh, old people can go get their pancake and strip of bacon and they're out lights out by five man well while she still has energy and is pumped about being here Rhiannon how about you tell us about your ridiculously awesome weekend that you had this weekend what what I just like caught a cold and you know sat around on a couch all weekend a couch on a rooftop in hell's kitchen (laughs) next to charlie cox I believe that's the rest of that story right (laughs) Uh, no, there was also a joke. Oh, that's Asana. right, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so it was a pretty exciting... <laughs> Adam just flashed a save Iron Fist for the people not watching on the live feed. So, yeah, so this weekend was New York Comic Con, and there was not really anything I was excited about. I had planned, we had planned our little meetup, the, the Marvel News Desk meetup. I mean, you guys were all invited. So a bunch of the Save Daredevil folks, they were staying with me or, you know, I was hanging out with them because I didn't have anything better to do. Like, I really, you guys, there was so little I was excited about at this con, except for just meeting other fans. That's the thing about New York Comic Con at this point is I have a bunch of friends that usually come. Neither of you could make it this year. That was really sad. Like, for me, New York Comic Con is as much about seeing the other fans, like some folks that I've seen throughout the years and everything. We went to the Marvel booth just to kind of, like, see what they were giving away. I saw they had the Jessica Jones, so they're doing the Jessica Jones prop store auction. And I was like, oh, I need to get up close to that and take some pictures. So I was trying to take pictures of the prop store stuff, and, like, one of my friends is just, like, trying to get my attention. And she's like, it's Joe. Joe, like, going through my mind, like, who the hell is Joe? And then I turn, and I'm standing next to Joe Casada. And I just happened to be carrying an invitation to our meetup, like a hand-printed one, because if Save Daredevil does anything, they have branding and uh, stuff printed out. So I had this invitation printed out already, so I handed it off to Joe. And so the next day we went to Cup of Joe. Well, the next day we had like an informal meetup with some of the Daredevil cast, and that was pretty cool. And then we went to Cup of Joe, and it was Vincent D'Onofrio, so that was very cool. The next day, Joe Casada had, like, a signing. Some of the girls went to that, and while they were there, Joe was like, oh, hey, look, there's my wife. And Joe Casada's wife was standing on the middle of the show floor in a Save Daredevil t-shirt, um, which was pretty exciting. And we were like, wow, that's, like, really exciting. Um, and about that time, we got confirmation that there was going to be a very special special guest at our meetup, so um, as Save Daredevil is mostly compromised, most, uh, uh, it's an all-women's uh, behind-the-scenes effort. We left the con a little bit early to go and get, like, mouthwash and freshen up and everything. We were all in the bathroom, just sort of 
freshening up because the day at the con makes you feel a little gross. And somebody came running in the bathroom and goes, you guys, Joe Casada and his whole family is here. So we had about a half hour before it ever officially started just sitting on the couch talking with Joe. And then uh, a little while after it started, Charlie Cox showed up. Um, Susan Varen, who plays Josie, came a little bit later. A little bit later, Boyce Johnson showed up. Charlie was only there for a little while because he's doing, like, he had two Broadway shows on Saturday. And he was just in that little bit of time in between. So he, um, between playing squash with Tom Hiddleston and going for his 8 o'clock show, he came and sat on the couch with us and ate his dinner. Um, And, yeah, that was my Comic-Con. How was your weekend? Wasn't that fun? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty impressed that I got through that whole story without just like giggling. Whole yeah, time. the pictures are pretty um, amazing. I'm like, he was there, <laughs> so. Oh, he was there. Yeah, I mean, like, the venue was awesome. It was a rooftop in Hell's Kitchen. I mean, but we had this little like horseshoe of couches, and it was kind of cold. So we just all like. I mean, like, we had to sit had to close cuddle up to, Charlie to Cox. from being cold. I mean, there, seriously, there was a point. There was a point where, like, people were leaving this big gap, and, like, I didn't have anywhere to sit. And I was like, fuck it, Charlie, I'm sitting close because I'm cold. <laughs> um, All this to say, if you're listening to the show and you've ever been like, oh, I don't know if I should try to make it to one of those things that Marvel News Desk puts on. Uh, yeah, you should try to put it on. <laughs> This is the incredible thing about both of these people I podcast with is the doors that they managed to make open. <laughs> I still can't believe the opportunities we've had because you guys are awesome. Aw. I mean, th- I mean, I, they came to this because Save Daredevil was involved. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that, that totally Joe said it was a priority of his to get to this event because he was so impressed with the work that they had been doing. All right. Uh, I have lots of little news things, so we'll hit them. And, you know, if you have something you want to say, feel free. But don't, like, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of these, and they're all minor. So we'll jump into our news. It was revealed this week that Tom Holland is the biggest reason why Spider-Man got saved. Um, <laughs> Adam has already signed. I, I think it is interesting. I, I, would you say interesting, Adam? The idea that Sony and Marvel were kind of done and that the actor seemed to play a role in getting this back together? Uh, sure. Yes, interesting. Um, I w- Sensationalistic? Is that a word? Uh, I don't know. D- sure. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll put it there. Why the hell are we still talking about Spider-Man? Because we love Spider-Man and we're so uh, happy he's back. Okay, yeah, sure, yes. It is interesting. I mean, let's face it. Tom Holland, you know, with with the advancement of social media, with the advancement of Twitter, um, Tom Holland is the most popular Spider-Man, right? Um, you know, if, if Andy or Toby had had this, you know, maybe it'd be a different story. But um, there are far more Tom Holland stands than Toby McGuire stands, right? Um, so it's just kind of a perfect storm and it's almost a, a too good to be true type scenario, but, um, yeah, sure. It's interesting. Caleb, do you think it's fair to say that Holland at this point has more power 
in the behind the scenes MCU deal than anybody since Robert Downey Jr. I don't know, man. That's the thing. It's Tom Holland is the only character that or the only actor that could pull something off, right? I mean, I don't think Hugh Jackman would be able to do something like this. I don't know. I mean, we've never seen this stuff before, you know? Uh, I don't see Tom Holland getting a producer credit on Spider-Man 3. It's worrisome, man. This is all worrisome because people say he's back at Spider-Man, but we're going to go through the same exact thing in three years again or four years again, right? I mean, like for me, the interest really is the behind the scenes deal of at what point do actors start to have a bigger sway? Because Marvel has kind of historically gotten their actors at contracts that don't allow them to have sort of power and control. And they've kind of played a couple moves like with um, uh, with uh, Edward Norton and with Terrence Howard. Like early on, they kind of said, our IP is way more important than your existence as an actor. And so it's interesting to see Holland kind of breaking that mold and kind of swaying the control, having the sort of sway that he has. Right. Right. I mean, it, it's inevitable, right? I mean, it, it's it's not a secret that Sony isn't really too attached to Sony pictures anyways anymore, right? Um, so, I mean, even if Tom Holland didn't jump in, it, it's hard to imagine Spider-Man isn't going to revert sometime. You know, I mean, both what Apple and Amazon are chomping at the bit for uh, Sony, so... I don't know. Sure. I mean, Michael T. Ford does say Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I don't know. I would say probably Ryan Reynolds has more clout than Tom Holland. um, Yeah. That's just not been getting movies produced. Right. It's just not been MCU until now. Right. I mean, Spider-Man's always going to have a movie, right? I mean, there was, there was no guarantee. Deadpool was a film franchise um, before, uh, you know, Reynolds came along. Uh, I did think it was illustrative the reason I really buy the story is that also there was kind of this weird coincidence that Uncharted lost its director right about the time that Spider-Man left the MCU. And then Sony announced a new director for Uncharted, which will have Tom Holland as a star within like 24 hours of him coming back to the MCU. Like it felt like there were behind the scenes issues with Holland and Uncharted that were also wrapped up in this somehow and that Sony was trying to keep him happy because they need him for more than just Spidey. Where's your tinfoil hat at, man? Are you're not saying Holland has the same draw as RDJ, are you? I mean, he's not a rock by any means. I'm Well, but what other of that age group would have that kind of draw? I mean, he's not RDJ age either. He's teen heartthrob age. Right. What teen heartthrobs do we have that compare to Tom Holland? Yeah, I think he's the most powerful person in Hollywood under 25. And I think it's possible that he will be his generation's like Tom Cruise type figure. Like he is huge right now and everybody's chomping at the bit to have him in something. Caleb is unaware like of Rob Lowe. Kylie and Kendall Jenner as well. <laughs> well, but I mean, yeah, like when he's competing with like Kendall Jenner, Tom Holland is a much classier, long-standing act. Tom Holland isn't a self-made billionaire, though. 
Yet. I yes. Yet. I mean, I'm sure he's investing. I'm sure those older actors he's been working with have given him ideas. Staying on the Spider-Man topic a bit, uh, Amy Pascal was talking about Sinister Six uh, and kind of hinting that that is something they're moving towards. I don't know. That doesn't surprise me much. I think we've all known by who the who they've been picking as their villains that Sinister Six is an endgame for this. Yeah, we also... Uh... Everyone seems to forget that we can't really trust what she's saying or put any stock into what she's saying. You know, I mean, she said stuff before, and I don't think she's even involved with most of the Spider-Man stuff moving forward, right? I thought the deal was with her new, is it Universal, I think? I thought she was going to stay on the Spider-Man proper movies, but nothing else. Um, But I could be mistaken as well. I always forget, we were rewatching Spider-Verse the other day, that Pascal's on Spider-Verse. Right. Well, that was before her deal. I would guess she's on Venom 2 um, and Morbius. I just want one reporter to ask her the next time she talks about the Sinister Six, uh, could you please name for me uh, four of the members of the Sinister Six? Because <laughs> I think she uses it as a buzzword. I'd be, I would not be surprised if she could not tell you who's in the group at all. Not that there's like a super uniform Sinister Six, but I'd still like to see her try. <laughs> Did you guys read through those leaked Sony emails? That's kind of like um, that one email Avi sent off. And he explained how he was looking through like Black Friday circulars. And he noticed that there was a lot of memorabilia or merchandise with Venom. So he says, hey, let's do a Venom movie because a lot of things are on, like, a lot of stores are putting Venom toys on sale. Oh, jeez. I paraphrase that, but he had something about, like, special circular paper circulars. It explains a lot. All right. Um, We have got a cast for Hellstrom, finally, since they're actually um, filming the show. Uh, we found out it's going to be 10 episodes on Hulu. Uh, the main characters are Tom Austin as Damon Heldstrom, uh, Sidney Lemon as Anna Hellstrom, Elizabeth Marvel as Victoria Hellstrom, Robert Wisdom as Caretaker, June Carroll as Dr. Louise Hastings, Ariana Guerra as Gabriella Rossetti, and Elaine Yu. I, I, it's the letter U and the letter Y. I have no idea how to pronounce that. As Chris Yen, uh, Rhiannon, I'll start with you. Do you care about any of this? Uh, or I mean, I think you said it right in our chat. Like, I don't know enough about these characters to have feelings about who plays them, and also I don't have I don't know these actors. Right. So, like, no, I don't really have feelings at this point. This show is magical in that it is a character that is so far from characters that I care about in Marvel. Like, they have found the most, the property most opposite of my interests that I just can't, I, it just can't move the needle <laughs> at all. Like, I just don't. See, I never would have guessed that. I thought you'd be into all the satanic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know me, man. <laughs> I thought since you do like the exorcisms in real life, you'd want to see how they're portraying comics. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's why we're recording late tonight, isn't it? You have to perform uh, my exorcism. 
Oh. Caleb had to get the vomit and sulfur oh. off of him. Oh. That brings up a very good point. Some idiot was in my mentions and was just going on about Marvel TV making shows about characters no one cares about. It's not like Jeff Loeb has the choice of doing a damn Spider-Man TV show, guys. <laughs> yes, it's not like right. he can do a Wolverine TV show. Uh, obviously, we've seen he can't do a Blade Moon Knight show, so... Uh, or Guardians of the Galaxy. Or, or Ghost Rider. Or Ghost Rider, right? So, I, I mean, he's doing shows with with what he can. But it is what it is. That goes back to the earliest days of the Marvel TV stuff. The MCU Marvel TV stuff. It's like, oh, they're starting with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Well, that's, that's an interesting choice. Agent Carter? Uh, okay. And now we're realizing they did that. I mean... Deathlock was the big Marvel Easter egg of season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because they literally just aren't being given access to anybody interesting. And he's, well, no, that's unfair. I was going to say, and he's still the biggest Marvel character to show up on TV. But I forgot about Daredevil. I'm sorry. Adam, does this stuff, I mean, you are more into this property, I think. Is this, was this exciting to see or mean much to you? They could not have gotten a more obscure cast. Uh, Sidney Lemon's literally been in one episode of Fear the Walking Dead, and that is what they billed her as in the press release, as a Fear the Walking Dead star. Um, and she was in one episode this season. It sounds to me like a character um, on Parks and Rec. Like, there should have been a character named Sidney Lemon on right, Parks and Rec. <laughs> right, It does sound like a Parks and Rec character. Uh, I'm terrible with actors' names, um, but Elizabeth Marvel is one of my favorite characters on House of Cards. Heather Dunbar. Um, she did a very good job on that. And who was that? Just remind me. I watched House of Cards. She was, uh, she ran against uh, Frank in the primaries, and um, okay. the journalist went to her for help. Okay. Um, with the whole paper expose, expose but um, she turned that off and that ruined her campaign. Was she the one that was dating Mahershala Ali? Yeah. No, no, not her. No, she, uh, who was that? That was not Heather Dunbar. Okay. Heather Dunbar is the, uh, are you caught up? She's the one that kind of sort of conspired with his would-be assassinator. Oh, no, I, I gave up, like, halfway through the Russian season with, like, the Putin character or whatever. Yeah, so I did. yeah don't watch the last season either. No need. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, Tom Austin, I've never seen him before. Um, and then the rest, I mean, the other biggest news would be that they're having Caretaker, which is going to end up being, like, a Jigsaw-type character. So, yeah, I, sure. I mean, they saw something. Um, they saw something in it. It's totally in production. It is in production under two working titles. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Which is also very interesting. Um, yeah. I know that because they did, Marvel did confirm in an email with me, it is Omens, Omens, Omens. But the same production company and the same location manager are also filming stuff in Vancouver. Um so Marvel's either doing a, a secret show or it is Hellstrom in the same exact market filming under two working titles. So the part that would terrify me if I cared about the show, I saw the synopsis that you had in your article here, Adam. Damon and Anna Hellstrom are the son and daughter of a mysterious and powerful serial killer in Marvel's Hellstrom. 
Now, I think they might just be obscuring, like, the Satan reveal. Mm-hmm. But I'd be really nervous that they're, like, somehow going to, like, you know, we've talked about how they, like, depower things or, like, make things more, like, street right. level. It would really be difficult if they took the son of Satan from the comics and made him the son of a really bad guy. Right. <laughs> and I don't think they're, um, part of me thinks they'll probably go, like, a Lucifer route and have nothing to do with with hell and stuff, but... Um, coincidentally enough, we'll probably talk about this later, but the Runaways season three trailer kind of eased, eased my thoughts about this on a little bit. And we've talked before. I mean, Netflix is the one that kind of wanted the the more grounded stuff, right? At least through the, the grapevine and such. I'm not even sure if it's through the grapevine. Um, but we, we've seen them take liberties on, on Runaways, right? We've seen them do the, the sci-fi-ness stuff and then the... The dark dimension stuff, and even on Cloak and Dagger, um, they they've taken some funky, spooky liberties there as well. So I, I'm sure it's going to end up being like a Lucifer type procedural. I'm not sure if either of you have seen Lucifer. It's kind of like a spooky Law and Order type thing. Yeah, it kind of feels um, like the new Mike Coulter show too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So I. Obviously, it's ten episodes isn't long enough to do a villain of the week type thing, um, but I really do think there will be like a big Satan type reveal. I'm I'm sure we probably won't actually get like flames in hell or anything like that, or a big huge red guy with hooves. Um, but they are casting for Marduk, um, who is who is Satan. So we will be getting him sometime. Remind me in the comics, Mephisto is not Hellstrom's dad. Mephisto is not Hellstrom's dad. Mephisto's Mephisto. Satan is Marduk. M A R D U K is the Satan of the Marvel universe. Except Satan's not really. I don't. Everyone's the devil, right? Mephisto's the king of hell, and Marduk's also. Uh, I don't know. You know your demons, right? There's there's different legions or different lords or whatever you want to call it right there's um there, there's several bosses of hell when they really want like a faustian bargain though in the mcu or not the mcu but in the marvel universe it seems like mephisto is their go-to and i'm guessing that Loeb would never be given access to that character so and that's the other that's thing so, i'm like if we're getting right. mephisto now i'm gonna be so sad <laughs> right right and that's the other thing i I don't see them giving Mephisto to TV, but I don't see Mephisto being a Disney Plus play either. Uh, it, uh, I guess it all depends on this Marvel Studios stuff. But no, uh, Mephisto is not the father of... Mephisto is not Satan. How about that? Speaking of characters Adam's interested in, uh, MCU <laughs> Cosmic and our friend Manabite uh, is saying that out of the most recent Marvel... Uh, retreat that was had it was definitively decided that Nova is coming in an MCU phase 5 something Uh, do you guys believe this and at this point is it the boy who cried wolf like haven't we heard this so many times no he's totally in Guardians 3 Um, I thought that was public knowledge that's not public knowledge haven't we talked about that before is that from the synopsis that Charles Murphy had I don't know. I am pretty sure it's, um, 
I mean, he was in Guardians 1 at one point, um, but they eventually took him out. And he was in an uh, Endgame script at one point, too, I believe. I think that was just the Russo screwing with people, trying to get uh, comicbook.com to write 20 more articles. Um <laughs> uh, I don't At this know. This point, Joe and like Anthony that. just do stuff to screw with you, Adam. <laughs> it's no, it's I. I hate them. I do not like them at all. They know how to screw the system. We're we're gonna send them some Save Daredevil T-shirts next, oh, just Jesus so you have to Christ. write one. If I more. see any Spider-Man, Daredevil, or Joker stuff, I'm done. <laughs> uh, Nova's coming, man. Uh, Gunn himself has said this is the last iteration of the Guardians, right? Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we're going to get Adam Warlock. We'll probably get Nova. Um, and before too long, we'll we'll get, like, you know, Better A Bill. We'll probably get Moondragon, uh, Philavel, that type of Guardians setup, man. Um, I mean, Sean Gunn even told me, um, kind of in a Freudian slip, that after Suicide Squad's done, um, James probably will be retweaking, redoing the... The Guardian script, obviously, probably at least one more polish through. Because um, that is the other update. He is not filming Guardians or even starting pre-production on that until the Suicide Squad is edited and in the hopper. So that's still substantially far out, at least a full year or something, right? Um, so I don't know. Yeah, Nova's, I mean, Nova's going to be in the MCU. It's... It, it's a given Nova's probably going to get his own movie. Um, uh, uh, probably Annihilators. Have we talked about that? I'm not sure if we can even talk about that. I don't remember who I discussed that with, if that was you two or not. Adam's was that you? It was not that. us, no. I don't know. No, it I was thought it was. Us. Annihilators sometime is... is... We're going to get you fired no, and keep talking. No, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't through work. They have that access... That in a vault. I mean... It would not be hard to put two and two together. They have the access to key annihilator pieces that they did not have access to right, right, 12 right. months it, ago. They, they will not introduce Silver Surfer and Galactus at the same time. That's guaranteed. Um, I would be very surprised if they did. Like I said, uh, Silver Surfer, Better Ray Bill, Nova. Um, I don't think they would do both Quasar and Adam Warlock, you know? Um, but like, uh, that Roger Sordell, Roger Sardell, Roger Avengers Endgame leaker, Roger, you know, he's the, he's the moon dragon guy. So, uh, yeah, we probably will. And that's, that's the other thing. Guardians three is not the end of the guardians franchise, right? They'll, they'll spin off and do something annihilators or keep the guardians name and just do it with a new group. Um, which unfortunately it means we'll probably get the death of rocket raccoon. Well, and we do know that Ravagers is a property that at some point James Gunn was developing somehow for Marvel. Rhiannon, does any of this move a needle at all for you? Like, have have you been convinced yet to care about Nova, or does this still seem a bit far off for your interest? Uh, yeah, no, I don't care. <gasps> there we go. This is the challenge. And here I am giving you all sorts of save Daredevil clouds. You the... don't care about cosmic stuff. This is the challenge for James Gunn, though. Like... Well, but James, James, I mean, James rises to that challenge. Like, I go in not caring and I end up loving it. So, I mean. I do. I think Rihanna brought this up before. I do. I am starting to wonder if Guardians 3 is Gunn's last Marvel movie. I wonder if that was kind of the deal if they let him come back and finish the trilogy. See, if I was Gunn, I would make the deal 
that I come back and you put me in charge of Cosmic or, you know, that he ends up being in charge of more. But on the flip side, he could be the Kevin Feige of DC Comics, the DCEU. He definitely could. That would actually make the world a better place, I think. I, I would yeah. I would have much more faith in DC movies if, if that was happening. Plus, Caleb hates James Gunn, so he wouldn't have to have James Gunn in Marvel stuff. I don't hate James Gunn. Why would he hate James Gunn? Dislike. Or you dis... Yeah, well, we got... Yeah, okay. Caleb does not hate James Gunn. I was not as outraged at his firing as others were. Not because I disliked right. him as a person, but because I yeah. understood the principles behind it. Uh, speaking of stuff you guys don't like... Ant-Man 3 uh, was hinted at by Kevin Feige this week, kind of. Somebody was asking if they would make an Ant-Man 3, and he said this very sly, like, well, the characters are where they are at the end of Endgame for a reason, or something like that. Um, I mean, there's a lot of characters at the end of Endgame that could be in movies. I don't think we're going to get characters for all of them. I mean, as in, they're still alive? I mean... That's all the end of Endgame gives us for the Ant-Man characters, right? Right. The only person off the board by Endgame is Tony Stark. And, oh, and, Black and Cap Widow. to some degree. I mean, you would have said Black Widow, but... Ah, Cap's still alive. They could do stuff with him. I, I mean, I think there was... There's kind of a montage at the end where, like, Black Panther and his mom and Shuri are watching fireworks in Wakanda, and they, like, cut to some different characters, and they specifically show, like, his daughter... You know, Paul Rudd and Stature and Evangeline Lilly, like, hanging out as a family, right? I mean, it was sort of a setup that we might see a movie where him training her is part of the next phase, maybe? Sure. You want to write a 400-word article on that, Caleb? (laughs) What am I going to get paid? (laughs) You'd fit right in. You'd fit right in. Sure, it's a set. I don't know, man. Look at the... I don't think... I would rather sit through... I would rather read Spider-Man Stan Twitter than sit through Ant-Man 3 at this point. Uh, it's just insects. Oh, well, I guess technically spiders aren't insects. I was going to say anything with an insect in the title, Adam is just not there for it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just didn't like Ant-Man. And the, I, I, give us, I don't know. It. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to watch it again. Ah, that's probably a bad idea. I don't know. Sure. Whatever. But that is, I mean, that is the one franchise we've gotten so far that we've heard virtually nothing, right? Because Feige has teased Captain Marvel 2 now and Guardians 3. Man, can't, can't Ant-Man become like a Hulk-type person or not? And I'm fine with that. Or just pop up elsewhere? Well, I've, I've kind of come around to this thing that, I, forget, I think it's the two Charleses that have said this, like, the idea that Paul Rudd could be dragged into the Young Avengers slash Champions idea and that, like, he might be there to kind of help Cassie and the others kind of train, I think could be interesting. Like set up Paul Rudd and, um, and, uh, Hawkeye, you know, like Ant-Man and Hawkeye is like the two like leaders of the young Avengers trying to teach him how to be Avengers. I just used Avengers a lot in a sentence. Anyways, I don't know. That could be all right. That'd be dope. I mean, Yeah which Avengers are most qualified to teach people to be Avengers, but sure. No, I think that would be the fun of it, is you make it like a comedy, you know, where it's like those who can't do teach, so to speak. Okay. And so you're like, they look at each other and he's like, I get stuck with the bug guy. And Rudd's like, all you can do is shoot arrows. Shut up, you know? Okay. 
Alright, I'm in. You sold me. Another character that could return that no one really cares about. The guy who plays Malekith apparently would be willing to come back if Taika Waititi wrote the role. Do you care to ever see Malekith ever again, or can we leave that buried in the history of MCU? I didn't even know who that actor was until he said this. Dude, was it that slow of a news week? He said a lot of stuff. Are you not, do you not read Doctor Who Twitter? Fairly, he's a Doctor Who person? He's a doctor? I don't know. I'm sorry, I was busy hanging out on a rooftop. (laughs) Right, 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 true. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season whatever is the last one, the last season, is going to have a lot of returning characters, but will not have Adriana Palicki. Because she can't, I don't know why, but she will not be coming back. Red herring. Oh. She'll totally be back. You think she's coming back? Okay. I did not even see that. They all will. Um, I mean, the only way to make up for season six would be to have like a who's who of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? If she doesn't, was it a waste for her and Hunter to be written off Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a show that never happened? I mean, it's a waste regardless. I mean, if she pops up for one last cameo, I'm not going to say, oh, hey, that solves everything because they were some of the, like, the two strongest characters. I mean, it's done. It's The whole season's just completely done and chilling. Done, chilling nothing left for nothing left but for Clark Gregg to pop up at random events. And... He's going overboard, man. Holy Stan cow. Stan saved Daredevil. <laughs> he probably runs half of those Stan accounts. Good Lord. Yeah, yeah. Guy can't we're get sending him a t-shirt. Deathlock's coming back, right? I would hope so. I mean, I want to bring everybody back. back. I want to see Ghost Rider. I want to see Deathlock. I want to see Mr. Hyde. I want to see uh, Hive. I want to see uh, Lash. Come on. Just let us have it all. Bring back Brett Dalton one more time for no completely nonsensical reasons. Bring back the guy that was kind of MODOK, but wasn't really MODOK at all. The Superior. Yes. We've also given up the uh, Grant Ward stick. What happened to that? Well, that'll come I'm back. I'm sure it'll come back, man. Uh, he's totally, he's totally, I, I mean, they're time traveling. They'll probably go to a, uh, oh, that's right. Pre-death, pre-death, Ugh. uh, Coulson. So we'll probably get, uh, real Coulson back. Um, no, it's just, it's going to be all their grandparents wearing big hats and going, yeah, I see, huh? Yeah, yeah, you see? Like that's right, what it's gonna, gonna be. Yeah, it's go and it's gonna be the actors playing them with old person makeup, right? It's gonna be Brett Dalton. He's gonna be like, "Hey, you're the agents of Shield. Ah, I got you, suckers. I'm gonna get you." And they're like, "Oh, look, it's it's Brett Dalton's grandpa. Oh no, he's a bad guy." Uh, Michael says, "Hashtag Gramps Ward." <laughs> do you think do will there be a movie person? You think they managed to get Fury back? For a cameo or something? Uh, Maria Hill is the highest I will go. The over-under on that is Maria Hill. Yes. Well, she's she's on ABC now, so that's possible. Hmm. She just looks at the camera and goes, this will be really difficult, like the things I do on Stumptown on ABC at 10 o'clock. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Apparently it's very good. I haven't watched it yet. but. All right, two more small news things. The Infinity Saga box set is going to come out, and it's going to be $550. Holy crap. <laughs> Do you plan on buying the Infinity Saga box set for $550? No. I don't know. <laughs> really? <laughs> so it's the type of thing it is. It's limited, right? They say it's it's a limited run, so it's a type of thing if you don't get it 
now it's going to be a thousand bucks on eBay in a year. Yeah, and it's got a personally signed letter by Kevin Feige, I think. I don't think it's. Is it personal? That's the under. That's the sense I got from it, but because they said they sent a personal letter um, to certain press for an Avengers box set that I got, but it's totally not personal. It's like a stamp. I was very disappointed. I threw it all away. It um, didn't say, "Dear Adam." Dearest Adam, Adam. how I've longed dearest to write Adam, to you for all I these years. Don't write you to mention we are rebooting Iron Fist. Much love, Kevin Feige. Kevin J. Feige. But the thing, I own all 23 movies digitally and physically already. Because um, I have OCD like that. So I don't... And I got that Avengers box set and I, do, I don't know. It, Part of the cost And that's my question. It is, does, it come with a, does it come with a Blu-ray player? Because I don't have a DVD player anymore. So it's all 4K. Digital codes, yeah. The big deal here is it's 4K. all 4K version. Okay, sure. Does it come with whatever the player is that I need? I think what really frustrates me is I really liked the Phase 1 and Phase 2 box sets. And I was really hoping they would do like a Saga set and a Phase 3 set so that you could just do a Phase 3 box set. And Oh, they will. I hope they do. They will. Right after everyone buys this uh, one box set, they'll be like, Hey, look, we have this Phase 3 box set too. And everyone will be like... Oh, that's only $150. Okay, I'll get that, too. Yeah. I just, like, they did such cool stuff, too. Like, I was disappointed with this Infinity Saga one. Because the first two phase ones, they came with, like, just, like, really cool, like, other stuff. Like, um, like there was blueprints of the first Iron Man suit. You know, he has, like, the different sheets, and he, like, has to stack them on top of each other to see the whole Iron Man suit in the cave. They actually had, like, pieces of, like... Uh, like transparent paper that had those so you could like do it and there's like fake ID cards and like the driver's license that Thor had that said Donald Blake on it like just lots of like little fun collectible freebies that came with those sets and this Infinity Saga set's like hey here's a bunch of movies in a box with a piece of art do you want like uh like an urn with ashes in it or what yeah <laughs> No, I mean, I'm trying to, no, I don't know. I mean, they always did like fun stuff. Like I'm trying to think, uh, a good example of this would be like a few like file, like, um, uh, like Carol Danvers, like redacted files that you could read or, um, that sounds kind of boring, but, uh, like a student ID from Midtown tech, you know, for Peter Parker or, um, I don't know. Just stuff like that. Like, uh, you remember when Tony Stark wrote on a napkin that he was uh, no longer selling weapons or whatever? That napkin was in one of the first box sets. I just like, it's a little fun, trinkety collectible stuff, okay? I just want more of that instead of just... Something you can easily resell on eBay. Yeah. Actually, it really, my kids love it. It's a real big thing there. I mean, I do too, but they like it as well. Uh, and also, Miss Marvel is actively doing test screens with actresses, and uh, the text screen text apparently mentions Inhumans and Terrigen Mists. What? Which probably is just they crib stuff from the comic books and not necessarily proof of anything. But there's also been talk that we might see like uh, a Medusa or a Lockjaw in this series, and so I am getting really excited. Who talked about that? Uh, I don't remember. I saw it somewhere quasi-notable. 
Did I make it up? It may have been Rihanna making it up. Can we? I can't remember at this point. Probably either that or we got this covered because the same person that told them about Miss Marvel and She Hulk also told them about something else. I mean, it's that's why I honestly think Iron Fist could be be rebooted. Right, Iron Fist and Inhumans did so poorly and were so well received. They could reboot them without any trouble at all. No one no one would bat an eye at them recasting Iron Fist whatsoever, right? And no one would... I think Iron Fist will be a little bit harder than Inhumans. Right. Iron Fist had a little bit more rage. It had a second season. I think it was that perfect line where people talked about it a lot. I think Inhumans was so bad and it was over on network television and everything... To the point that, like, most people, you say in humans, and they're like, I don't remember that show happening. Right. But, um, yes, well, I totally think Iron Fist could be rebooted. I am with you on that, Adam. I am right. hoping for that. I was going to say, well, thank you for supporting Iron Fist, but it is kind of going against my current agenda right now. But I think we could all agree there would be far less uproar if they reboot Danny Rand than if they rebooted um, Matt Murdock or Jessica Jones or Luke Cage. Um, so yeah, I, I would guess we'll probably get an Inhumans movie sometime. Well, and what I love about Miss Marvel is they could really like, they could only do Lockjaw. I mean, not maybe only Lockjaw, but like I could see a deal where Miss Marvel somehow is mysteriously transported to the Inhumans like palace. And all they need to do is cast one character, like cast a Medusa or cast a Karnak. Karnak's even easier because you don't even have to special effects it. And like... They could be sort of a mentor and talk to her about her roots, but still be sort of mysterious and shadowy. And that's all they've got to do. Just seed the idea that the Inhumans are there. And then they could, you know, wait till down the road to do a full reveal of those characters, you know. Right. It is peculiar that Marvel Studios is seemingly taking the Marvel's Avengers video game route. Have you guys connected the two a little bit maybe i'm looking too far into it but miss marvel is also the first inhuman for the marvel's avengers video game as well i mean but we've had inhuman i mean we've had terrigen mists and stuff in agents of shield so all of this could be happening without inhumans right i mean other than the rumor of there being lockjaw or whatever the, the talk of Inhumans and Terrigen Mist. Yeah, it wasn't, it doesn't, it wasn't Mist, though. It was fish pills. But there's Terrigen. Yeah, the and also it would require Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be canonical in the MCU universe, which I don't believe it is anymore. <laughs> Sorry, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans. All right, uh, we have not done trailers in forever because we haven't had a trailer. Did you guys watch the Runaways trailer? Yeah. I honestly don't remember if I did or not. <laughs> well, that gives you Rhiannon's either. feelings on the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, either I did and it's totally not memorable, or I didn't because it came out in the middle of the meetup. I, I didn't see it because I was away doing business stuff this weekend, and I was like busy all day, and then I got back and I saw your photos like on our Slack chat. And then like two days later, I saw like, Something about the Runaways trailer, and I totally missed it. I saw it like 48 hours after it happened. At Adam, as someone who remembers it, uh, any thoughts on the Runaways trailer? What's happening? 
Yeah, dude. The um, uh, I'm I'm excited for season three as much as I hated season two. What? Yeah. Um, they gave Morgan Le Fay her. How am I gonna say this? Her crow cloak. Um, which was a super awesome visual effect. Right, the very first shot of the whole trailer is these crows floating down and forming her cloak in this really spooky looking desert place. Um. Which I which I super super like. The other big thing is apparently they are uh, taking the staff of one. Thanks from the comics where Nico was able to store it within herself. Um, I mean at least it is sticking out through her chest in one of the shots. And then the the shot at the end, the uh, ultimate crossover shot. Um, cloak and dagger showing with cloak up. and dagger. Yeah, just popping out. Out of nowhere, obviously, they're, they're, everyone's dealing with the dark dimension, but no one's going to reference Dormammu, probably. Um, Nico, yeah, I, this started last season. Nico does have the effect around the eyes that matches the Cassilius makeup stuff. Right, yeah, yeah, and that's in the trailer again as well. Um, spinning off of this, Jeff Loeb did tell comicbook.com that someone's going to die. He's very candid about that. Yeah, but there's lots of parents that could be death fodder. Right. It's it's probably a parent, but it, I mean, it, it's the third season. I mean, it could be Gert or it could be Nico because he did make sure to uh, say how, how he did like working with them personally and professionally. So it was tough. Um, or maybe it's just Kip Purdue. I don't know. <laughs> It did. The trailer reminded me of all these things that I remember happened, but I remember nothing about. So there was like a scene of like a pregnant belly glowing. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's right. Annie Hershing, uh, Wershing, whatever her name is, is going to have a baby again. Carolina's mom. And, and they were like, we don't know where the fourth alien whose body they've taken over. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. We have the. Horny cake eating aliens are in people's bodies. Okay. Big mood. Big mood. Yeah, they're definitely gonna need to do like uh, uh like last season runaways. On runaways or, yeah, because yeah. I had no idea why. I totally forgot the aliens taking over the people. And then there's that. Who's the uh person that used to be a scroll, and they changed? Uh, is it Zavin? Is that right? Z- yeah, Zavin. Who somehow um, they thought they'd make better by making completely personality-less? I don't understand what that's all about. Or they just didn't have the rights for scrolls, which is totally um, possible as well. Um, yeah, Zavin's in there too, huh? Um, I don't know. I'm just excited. Hopefully uh, it's back down to 10 episodes this season, right? So hopefully it's not split into two jarring storylines again this year yeah maybe it is i don't know i don't know there was a shot of old lace and i caught myself just actively thinking don't even show me old lace because i know that it's just fool's gold i know that that's like half of the special effect shots of the entire season in the trailer like i've sort of come to this deep place of runaway cynicism where i liked some of those things you were mentioning adam but I just think to myself, yeah, but that's all we're going to get. You know, like this show is a big tease. Oh, we've got a dinosaur, but he's asleep or sick for half of the season. Yeah, Nico's going to do that staff of th- of one thing. 
once, you know, Cloak and Dagger will be here for 30 minutes. Like, I don't know. I just have cynicism about how that show is going to go down at this point. Word. Also, uh, Elizabeth Hurley is definitely um, filling out the Morgan Le Fay role as one might expect Morgan Le Fay to be filled out. Mm -hmm. She sure is. They are not shying away from that one bit, which is... They're not. In 2019, you think maybe we'd go past that, but, you know. Mm -hmm. 13-year-old boys all across America are going to be excited to watch Runaways. Gotta hit that demo, man. They know what's up. Brianna even knows what we're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Good. I mean, like, Elizabeth Hurley was for teenage boys, like, when I was a teenager, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's making a comeback, man. Yeah. Yeah. Morgan LaMilf. Yes. <laughs> that sounds like a Michael T. Ford hashtag. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Mike's probably sad he didn't get to that one first. <laughs> he might have. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not watching the live yeah. stream. <laughs> all right. Hashtag Morgan LaFly. Um, all right. For a main conversation, uh, I don't, we don't have to go forever on this, but... And I don't really want to like focus on the negatives of this, but I, there's some interesting things I want to talk about. Uh, Martin Scorsese, who was part of the <laughs> part of the Joker uh, mess this weekend, mess. Martin Scorsese was part of the Joker movie, uh, made some comments about Marvel movies this weekend and how they're not really cinema. Of course, people went crazy on the internet, yelling at each other about whether it is or whether it's not. Um, and I thought we could talk a little bit about prestige, about awards, and about if any of that stuff really matters. Well, in addition to that, uh, Robert Downey Jr. said he intentionally took himself out of the Oscars race for Tony Stark. Yes, yes. That was another piece that, yeah, I was I was wanting to hit. No, you're good. That, I mean, that's, that's kind of, that is the direction I'm going. So let's start with Scorsese. Scorsese, however you say it. Um, do you two care? Like when you saw these comments, does it bother you? Or at this point, is this just like, so here's the deal guys. You both know I did not hate Venom. Um, I did not hate Iron Fist. I did not mind the Transformers movies. Um, and I loved Godzilla King of the Monsters. Uh, but so, uh, but what? <laughs> Keep going. I'm just really no, excited. I, no, about I, no, this. no. I'm just, I'm just saying. I. It's the same reason why I'm a terrible critic because, um, I don't know what the hell cinema is. What the hell cinema? I thought cinema is when you go to the cinema and watch a movie, right? I don't, I don't know, man. The same people that says cinema call them films, and and they. Uh, I thought you were going to say, but I hated the Joker. <laughs> I haven't even seen it yet. I haven't either. You know, I, I, haven't even, I haven't seen it. I might not see it. I don't know. Um, it's already been spoiled through me because it's, um, believe it or not, uh, Warner Brothers is far less leak-proof um, than Marvel Studios. I didn't know if you two knew that. Um, uh, it's just knowing the end and knowing the middle and knowing the beginning. Um, and the other... 90 minutes i'm not super interested um i don't know man i'm not gonna rant against the guy on twitter um 
but there's something to be said. How the hell is it not cinema if it made $24 billion in 10 years? I, I know plenty of people that are stuck in the past. I mean, I know people... My landlord doesn't use email. Like... And she feels that it's an affront to her that people expect her to use email. And so when I hear these type of comments, I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, if this was 2007. But these movies have proven, I mean, to me, it just says you haven't actually watched them. And if you have, maybe it was Ant-Man and the Wasp. No, he admitted he hasn't watched them. Right. I mean, how can you judge a movie that you haven't watched? How can you judge a genre that you're not watching? I I mean, I have a friend that went to film school that has the exact same attitude. He's like, I'm not going to watch them because I, you know, I just don't want to contribute to that degradation of the art. And I'm like, dude, you're missing really good stuff. Like, I, I mean, I think that's what we talk about and what's so surprising sometimes about these movies is that beyond it i mean it's not just fan service at this point it's actual good movies and i think um yeah to say that type of thing when you haven't even watched them is just being a pretentious snob yeah i kind of want to ask him like was the wizard of oz cinema because it's fantastical and and based on pre-existing IP. Yeah, and those are basically. I mean, the the skin the 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 skin man. Let's what well, I don't know what skin man is. The scarecrow, <laughs> what, yeah. the scarecrow, and the tin man. They're. I mean, they're basically comic characters of a sort. Uh, Two thousand one, a space odyssey. You know, is just as much make believe as Endgame is. I mean, Star Wars. I mean, maybe he would be dismissive of that as well. But I think that's at this point a classic. Even like a movie like, I don't know, Ben-Hur. I mean, that is bordering on just fiction. Like total, I mean, not bordering on fiction. It's, there's just fantastical elements to movies like that. They're big set pieces. And those are, you know, like classic Best Picture Award winning films. Like, I kind of just feel like it's a very narrow definition. Should we care? Like... Are we giving him too much credit by even, like, the amount of attention this has gotten within sort of the comic community over the last three days, four days? Yes. I mean, no, we shouldn't care. Yes, it's gotten too much attention. Though I do kind of wish that I had asked Vincent D'Onofrio about it at the Cup of Joe panel. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Because he went on a long talk about working in the early days with... Uh, who was Full Metal Jacket? Um, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, with Kubrick. And, like, how Kubrick spent all day waiting for the right light, like, up on a crane and 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 stuff like that. And then, you know, to go on and work in this genre. So I really hate that. Adam, you need to you need to call up D'Onofrio's people and see if you can ask him about it. I've tried so much. I want to I wanna have, like, just a 30-minute sit-down with that dude. Um, I'm super glad he's back on Twitter. Um He's only yeah. off Twitter that, for a while. That, like, 12-hour absence yeah, was yeah, just yeah. gut-wrenching. For... His Twitter is so, such amazing. I love his tales and his stories. Yeah. Cinema. What? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm the wrong person to judge cinema, you know? 
Well, and it's weird because he talks about like the problem is there's no like it's not about human beings and real people. I think the Russo brothers have been very clear about how their whole goal with their Avengers movies is psychological realism. Like, no, the, yeah, these people are doing fantastic things, but we try to have real human emotions within these extreme, you know, circumstances. And I think they do a good job of that. I, I don't want to care as much as I do, but there's this, there's this like inherent criticism that does bug me. That like, oh, if you like comic book movies or if you read comic books, you're clearly an idiot. And like, I just, I don't think we're idiots. Like, Rhiannon goes to Broadway plays all the time. She's very cultured, you know? Like, I like to think I'm relatively well-read and I have a decent sense of film and TV shows. And, you know, like, I have a pretty well-rounded liberal arts educate. Like, I'm not like a genius and I'm not like an artist, but... The idea that I'm too stupid to understand that what I'm watching is not art just does seem very pretentious. And I guess that's but what that is me. being said by somebody that didn't even look at the art. I mean, I go and I look at a Jackson Pollock painting and that is a pile of crap. <laughs> All right. Jackson Pollock. Yeah, is cutting the warrant artist. out of my argument right now. And no, no, no. I mean, but here's the thing. But I have gone and I have looked at the effing paintings. I have given them a chance. I have walked through and I have stared at those things and been like, people see this as art. Like, what is it? What, what about this? And I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe there's some, you know, maybe when you're in the room with it, it has some color degradation that makes sense and pops out and you feel something. And no, I look at that and I see crap. So Jackson Pollock is not for me, but I gave it a chance right. for me to sit here and be like, well, I heard there's a guy that throws paint splatters at a canvas and people call it art. And I think that's BS. That's what Scorsese is doing. Yeah. Like he's not even looking at the painting before he's saying that it's crap. And to that, he, I don't even see why he needs any attention. I don't think you need to worry about it at all. You're not, I mean, it, it He's not, he's judging you, Caleb, but he's judging you on useless facts. And I think that's basically what James Gunn said. James Gunn had a tweet where he's like, I was mad that people picketed Last Temptation of Christ before they saw it because they hadn't seen it. And yet that's the same thing that he is now doing to my art. And I thought that was a very well put point. Well, the, the, the biggest thing, I mean, he, what, Scorsese said in the interview, right, that they lack emotion or something. Wasn't that the yeah the piece or something? They weren't emotional, or they're not. Or there's no human connection or whatever. Right. I, I mean, he all he would have to do is watch Guardians one, and, and he'd be proven wrong. I mean, we can objectively say that's probably the best bang for a, your buck in one movie, at least, right? Is is sit down and watch Guardians. Um, I mean, there's just so many emotional points in these movies. You know, like Cap talking to Peggy about their dance. And the idea of what happens in life when you lose something before you can even really experience it. And Yondu and Quill talking about sort of the loss of a father figure you've never appreciated. And the sense of betrayal there is between Cap and Iron Man in Civil War. Like... I don't think I'm just being a nerd, like, apologist. Like, I really think those are impactful emotional scenes about real characters 
that are actual human things that touch our actual lives, you know? But I could sit here and talk about why Pride and Prejudice is a pile of crap, but it would still be guessing and I would sound ignorant and my arguments would have no point because I've never read it. Like, I, we could sit here and argue his points all day and we're going to win every single one of them because we've seen the movies and he has not. <laughs> That's true. And also, just, uh, I mean, we still do live in a world where where a good amount of people thought Green Book was the best movie out last year. That's true. As well, right? I mean, that's still the landscape. Um, but it is shifting. Right. Slowly but surely. Shifting my uh, our conversation a little bit, uh, DC did something very interesting with Joker in that it appears they have intentionally tried to create a movie that is first and foremost a prestige comic book movie, like by the actor that they went for, by releasing it at, you know, the film festival that they did. Like they've tried to build this up as a artsy comic book film. Uh, and in order to do so, they've kind of made a movie that is relatively divorced from the source material. It's not that Joker has nothing to do with Joker, but it certainly is not like tailor fit for a sequel or a, you know, Batman universe deal. Do you like that approach? Would you ever like to see Marvel to kind of take special steps to make something that was more recognized? Or do you think Marvel should just stay in the lane they're in right now? I mean, Black Panther got three Oscars doing, doing what they did. Uh, I think the biggest thing involved with that was Todd Phillips had another quote where he blatantly said it might have been hearsay, but the gist of it was that to get Joaquin Phoenix on board, he said that they're making a human movie and they just decided to slap the Joker's name on it so a studio would pick it up, which also infuriated a lot more people because um, Todd Phillips is, uh, have you guys been keeping up with him? He's, he's a pretty infuriating individual. I'm not sure. If you have been keeping up with his shenanigans, how does DC yeah. pick that? Like, is there just like a like a a, a a stupid person director store that they pick these guys? Like, it's like right. Zack know. Snyder was. You know, he seems like he'd be friends with Zack Snyder. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Um, so why why would they need to change it? I mean, we've seen Black Panther was critically acclaimed, right? I don't I don't think they need to try this this black label stuff. I don't, I don't think they need Marvel max where they have a super racy captain America beating people to death on the streets or a super edgy Dr. Doom. Um, where I mean, beats... if they're going to try to go artsy, a moon Knight, um, moon Knight would be a fun property to try to do it with. One flew over the cuckoo's nest or something like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, but it would be kind of Joker-ish. I mean, you know. For the life of me, if they release the Moon Knight trailer and he's doing this dance down a flight of steps, I will shut it off and (laughs) never watch it. So help me God. I do kind of uh, appreciate this idea that, like, you kind of get one thing or the other in movies. You either get movies that are critically... uh, like the critically acclaimed Oscar bait kind of movies, or you get movies that millions and millions and billions of people are excited about and they spend lots of money to go see. But like, I kind of like the idea that Kevin Feige can look at things and go, 
Yeah, we made $2.7 billion with that movie. That's all the reinforcement I need. You know, like, I don't need a golden statue to tell me that I've done something worthwhile if that many human beings are excited about it. Right, right. We also, a lot of people have tended to forget um, The Irishman is a Netflix movie. Um, And what, this time last year, Scorsese's type was debating on whether Netflix movies could even win Oscars. Let's talk about what cinema. Your movie is going to be in about four cinemas and in about four million television screens, pal. Via Netflix, and it's going to contain Joe Pesci saying a million times, and it's going to be nominated for Oscars. But we're falling into the trap of debating with Scorsese I mean, we fell into that (laughs) trap when we started talking Joker. Um, But, you know, it's... So I was chatting with Tom Hiddleston on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I, I just watched two of these Marvel stars in a Broadway show doing high art. Like, yeah, no, I agree. All of it. So let's talk about that other piece you brought up. Also, in sort of response to all these things, they were talking to Robert Downey Jr. His biggest response was, I, whether it's cinema or not, I mean, it played in movie theaters, so that seems to suggest that it was. It played in cinemas. Um, but he also said that he kind of asked Marvel to pull back on the Oscar campaign for potentially him being nominated for Avengers Endgame. Uh, I mean, do you have feelings on that? Do you think they should push that? Or do you think that it makes sense to just let it be? I don't know what he's doing, man, because I don't think... He probably's not going to get any awards for Doolittle, is he? I don't know. That's that's falling into the trap again. I apologize. I mean, but I think that's I, I think that's more of an artist that's like, look, I'm doing it for the art. I don't care about your popularity contest over here. I don't care about the dress up party. I'm I'm doing this because I like it or because this is the art I want to do. So I mean respect for that yeah i'm pretty sure he went to joker and got out and said well i i can't win it anyways so <laughs> might as well not promote me i'm sure i'm sure all things aside i have heard zero bad things about joaquin phoenix's role yeah yeah and no this is not a pile and joker thing it's just it brings up kind of all these these issues i think if you're getting an oscar because you're doing good work that's awesome but if you're seeking it out uh you know, like, I, I take a guy like Mahershala Ali. He's gotten a couple of Oscars now in a row. and But never once have I ever felt like he was taking projects specifically because he wanted to win the statue. You know, like, he did it because there were projects he thought were good good art, you know? Well, has he been in a movie this year? Uh, I don't think so. It's because he's secretly filming that Blade movie that'll be surprise dropped on Halloween. Yeah. I was going to say, if he has, it's the movie's probably coming out and... At the Alamo Draft House in November sometime. Last question I wanted to ask on this topic. Black Panther did finally break Marvel's duck as far as like uh that's a cricket term. Uh finally I know, I was like what? Uh, br- I was like, I can use context clues. <laughs> breaking but... a duck, uh in, in cricket means that you no longer have a score of zero. Uh they finally put him on the board as far as winning some Oscars. They won three. Does that change anything for Marvel? Like, does that make any, does that like, I don't know, make you happy? I mean, I think it was nice to see, but in the end, uh, I don't know. Does that change Marvel's 
value to, in your mind at all that they finally won some? I would have said, um, I mean, you would think it's certainly going to get like a, a technical. It's, I mean, it will get like a visual effects nod or something, but unfortunately it came out, you know, weeks ahead of Lion King. Um, so it doesn't really have that going for it. Um, I mean, it'll get nominations, won't it? I mean, for me, Black Panther getting the awards that it got up to the legitimacy of the Oscars. Because, yeah, like to have all the technical stuff that's in these movies and yet them not win the technical Oscars or, um, you know, not get some of these. It, it just sort of proves that, you know, your Oscar voters maybe aren't giving all the movies a chance. Um, so I don't think it, I mean, I don't think anybody needs to legitimize Marvel Studios, but I think it did change a little bit of how I feel about the Oscars. Not that I have a whole lot of, like, I don't care. Have your elitist award shows that, that focus on your art house movies and honor your Scorsese's, but... I mean, I'm still going to enjoy what I want to enjoy. Don't pretend like these movies don't exist when you gave a best picture to Titanic back in the day. So, I mean, what about movies, uh, since we're talking about the cinema, what about films like Ad Astra? I mean, that's certainly an Oscar contender, right? And that's... Is that in the same group as Marvel? It's it's important to remember, there is a hang-up here. Do you know the first movie... That took place anywhere than on planet Earth that won Best Picture? Return of the King? Yes. Lord of the Rings Return of the King in like 2009 was the first time a Best Picture went to anything that didn't happen to any movie. So there's never been a movie that takes place in space. Like 2001, A Space Odyssey, like no space movie has ever won. Apollo 13, for that matter. Like never a Best Picture. Right. So... Well, I'm saying maybe not best picture, but... Oh, but it shows a hang-up they have. You can't tell me in, like, right. 75, 80 years of film that there's never been one sci-fi movie that was the best movie of that year. If Marvel did have a critical darling coming up, I, I don't know. Do you guys think there's anything that's coming up on the horizon that has a chance to kind of enter this prestige game? Blade. Moon Knight. I mean, Blade is full of your Oscar bait there. Yeah, that's interesting. You've already got Marishala. Right. Um, I mean, I think Moon Knight has a chance to be, uh, you know, something that could be Oscar baity. I mean, Ant-Man 3, you know. Mm, no. I, so the only thing I've thought, the Eternals is going to be interesting. Because mm-hmm. it's a November release. Uh, they're shooting on film instead of on digital. Uh, apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently Chloe Zhao really feels that built sets are important. So they're building a lot more mm-hmm. sets for it than doing green screen because she thinks that's important. Uh, you look at the cast. I mean, they have a pretty significant cast put together for that. I think if thematically she can find something that speaks to something going on in the world. I, I, Eternals has a chance, I think, to be like a quasi art housey superhero movie. It's just hard cuz it's going to have a huge cast and a huge budget, so the biggest cast that a Marvel movie's ever seen. Yeah, probably Eternals. Um I mean Destin Cretton's also, you know, probably the most acclaimed 
director they've got. Um, so I, don't, I mean, we don't know anything about them yet, you know, which is, which is another. I didn't make the news. Uh, we did get a first picture of Icarus on set today. And it looks like... In blue jeans, right? It looks like Richard Madden in a pair of blue jeans and a white t-shirt. <laughs> right, it looks like Out of the Outsiders or something. I, we didn't. We never have talked about those sets, man. Babylon and the Temple of the Gods. Yeah. That stuff looks so, good. It looks I've good. Kinda, this is something that intersects with my interests, like ancient archaeology. Ancient archaeology, obviously. Uh, but you know, like archaeology and ancient cultures and stuff, like it's it's looking pretty cool. All right, any more thoughts about Oscars, awards, prestige, critics, all that stuff? I think Jackson Pollock's a sham. <laughs> Jackson Pollock and apparently Jane Austen. No, no, I've actually never read Jane Austen, <laughs> so I am not making that judgment. <laughs> but I I have given Pollock a chance interesting i kind of I, I like modern art so when you said it all i could think of was man if you had a black light it would look like a jackson pollock in here <laughs> a joke that still can't believe made it through the the mickey mouse sensors yeah all right mailbag real quick uh last week's pod one comment from love waffle uh he said that if feige does want ghost rider he thinks that it probably will be for disney plus because, and I did not realize this, Chinese censors do not like either ghosts or human skulls. So, wow. China, you know, Chinese government are a weird bunch of folks. All the things that are, you know, you're against ghosts and human skulls and freedom. I, it just, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, he also said that there are probably some more characters like Ghost Rider and Squirrel Girl that maybe uh, Feige is now interested in now that Disney Plus miniseries are a possibility. Uh, any more Michael T. Ford good stuff on the live chat, Adam? Uh, yes, one very good comment. Um, douche contains the letters D and C. Um, so there was that. Um, right around the time we were talking about Todd Phillips. DC. Yes, oh, D and C. I thought you said D and C, and I'm like, why are we going yeah, after yeah, the I Democratic National Committee? I'm, I'm very sorry. Curious. D and C. <laughs> Douche contains the letters D and okay. C. Herschel um, so, uh, was in yeah. Alita Battle Angel. Uh, yes, he was. Is this a whole new Chicken Nuggets thing again, or what? What? D and C. <laughs> D and no, C. We had already moved on, but. <laughs> If you want to make it a chicken nugget. Chicken thing. nuggets. Let's go ahead. I got time. Let's do it. By the way, I edited last week's pod, which was like two weeks ago for us pod, about like the team ups and stuff. We were really off topic on that pod. I was just <laughs> sitting and laughing like, why are we talking about Seth Rogen and 3D printed food and all sorts of bizarre things? Anyway. Nope. He brought up Gravity about the Oscars, which I'm pretty sure Gravity did win something. It was nominated. Yeah. For a whole crap ton of stuff. And First Man was the one that actually beat up Black Panther for special effects last year, right? Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Infinity War as well. I think that does it. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, it's late. You know all the stuff. Thanks for supporting us. Patreon.com uh, slash Marvel News Desk. We'll let you support us financially. But we also just appreciate you listening, telling your friends, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, if you have ideas of things you'd like us to talk about between now and the next Marvel movie, which is still like nine months away or something crazy, 
that'd be great. And uh, thanks for listening to the show, guys. We'll be back next week. We'll see you later.